on episode number 196 of the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. Discover the power of building a giver's community with the founder of Giver's University, E.A. Sokovitz. Yeah, I mean, I'm being blindsided here. And I thought back to my training my mentor had given me and over and over again had said, and a few things he had said to me was one of the following things. One of the few things, one of many, I should say. He said, in the medical community, if you're getting a treatment and it's working well with you, they say you're responding. If you're getting a treatment in the medical community and it's not working well on you, they call that you're, rea you're reacting to it. It's, you're getting a reaction. He said, in life, you want to be responsive, not reaction. And he said, here's the way to do it. Always have your intellect control your emotions and you'll be responding. When your emotions control your intellect, you'll be reacting and very, good, very few good things ever come out of that. Hi, this is Jerry Fu from AdaptingLeaders.com, where I help people to face and resolve conflict at work, in culture, and within themselves. Dr. Brad Miller helps you to crush adversity in your life and achieve peace, prosperity, and purpose. Welcome to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller, the show dedicated to helping you crush adversity and succeed in life. Brad believes you deserve a life that is fulfilling and impactful, and this show is designed to help you navigate beyond adversity and achieve your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. Now, here's Dr. Brad. Hello, good people. Welcome to Beyond Adversity with Dr. Brad Miller. This is the podcast where we help you to grow through what you go through, helping you to navigate such adversities as depression, divorce, disease, debt, and death. We call those the five D's, and we help you do that by the teaching that we do and by also by talking to great guests on our podcast. You can always head over to drbradmiller.com for over 190 episodes of the podcast where we help you to navigate adversity and to achieve your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose, and we have a free gift for you there as well. Let me ask you a question. Are you a taker or a giver? Indeed, we live in a consumer-oriented society, and certainly a common sentiment is just to take what you can get, or someone else is going to get it from you first, or there's only so much of that pie, so i got to get my piece of that pie right now. Well, that's an attitude and a process that led our guest today, E.A. Sokovich, to a place of some despair and a place of some difficulties, and he had to make some decisions about that. He decided to move from being a taker to a giver. In our conversation today, he is the founder of Givers University. We're going to learn about some of the adversities that he faced growing up in very humble means in Chicago, uh, Illinois area, where he was the son of a milkman and he had to deal with uh, certain struggles. He started off his career as a janitor and then by a series of fortunate circumstances, he achieved a mentor who helped guide him in some ways to lead, lead, lead him to some tremendous success in business. But that success came with problems and issues and ups and downs in business and some threats to his livelihood. They're all a part of this. But he discovered in his life 
that if you become more of a giver, that's going to help you truly succeed in life over becoming a taker and how the pathway to true success is giving to others. So our conversation today is going to be about the emotion of his circumstances, the ups and downs of his life, his transition to moving from a taker to a giver, and how he teaches you how to do that in your own life to become a giver and a taker and how that would help you become much more productive and happy and fulfilled in your life. And we believe that's what it's really all about. You're going to love this conversation. Really some great stories here to, to, to tell. When we come back on the other end of our conversation, we're going to talk about some practical things that you can do to apply these uh, to your life. His name is E.A. Sokovitz. He's at GiversUniversity.com. Let's get into that conversation with E.A. Sokovitz right now. We have E.A. Sokovitz with us. He is from GiversUniversity.com. He has an incredible background as an entrepreneur and in the business world. But in recent times, he's really focused on personal and self-development and helping other people do that too, particularly with the, the tension and the, the, the dichotomy he sees between people who are givers and takers. And we're going to get into that here today. So E.A. Sokovitz, welcome to Beyond Adversity. Dr. Brad Miller, thank you so much for having me on your great show and looking forward to be able to share some great golden nuggets with your listeners. Thank you for having me. I know that you will. I know that you have a great story to tell and you've had some great success in your life, some great highs, but also some lows and some challenges and some things to offer to people. But we always like to hear a little bit of an origin story about maybe some challenge or adversity or some situation that happened in your life that particularly became kind of a pivot point for what you're doing now. Do you have a story that you could tell us about this? For sure, for sure. My background, actually, you know, son of a milkman. From, I lived in the Chicagoland area, and my father had, you know, one horse operation, if you will. Just after they had horses, they actually had trucks then. But you know, and he was a milkman, so he delivered milk. And when I was five years old, I used to help him on the route. And then at the ripe old age of sixteen, I set out to become prosperous, and I became a janitor. And you think, you know, what's that got to do with being prosperous? But I had two extraordinary events that happened to me while I was a janitor. The one was I was able to be bondable at 16 years old, which means insured. Mm -hmm. And I, I was able to, because of being insured, I was able to be in a really expensive house. And that house I cleaned every Wednesday was of a lady. And it, when I say the name, it won't mean anything to your listeners until they until I make the movie reference. There was a movie out a couple of years. It was called The Founder. Michael Keaton plays Ray Kroc. And uh, it's about McDonald's, basically. Right? And, and, and it and it's certainly all Hollywood spin. I mean, I, I lived the whole phenomenon. I lived my whole lifetime. I lived in Oakbrook where the McDonald's World Headquarters was. So I can tell you the movie is Hollywood spin. And it says in the beginning, based on a true story. Yes, it is based on a true story, but it's not the true story. <laughs> so in any event, the lady who had... There's a lady in the movie that Ray, Michael Keaton, who plays Ray Kroc, is talking to outside the office all the time. And her name is June Martino. June Martino had the third most controlling stock in McDonald's. First woman to ever trade publicly on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange. 
and I cleaned her house every Wednesday. The same lady that you see in the movie that Michael Keaton's talking outside of her office every day. That's June Martino, right? And she told me one day, we had a, a whole day about the importance of having a mentor. And, and that Ray had this huge impact and influence on her life. And I remember thinking, Brad, man, if I could, if I could just get a mentor, if I could get, I don't know. You know, I, I don't even know what I don't know. I'm son of a milkman janitor, you know. And so anyway, I it wasn't a couple months later. I got a phone call to janitorial service. I met this gentleman who later on, who then subsequently after, offered me a job. And he probably has one of the most amazing adversity stories. So if I can share with you his story, and mine dovetails right into it. Sure. If that's okay for your listeners, because his is extraordinary. Okay. Uh, he was born during the, he was raised during the Depression era. And he told me all about it. This is the man that became my mentor. His name is Sam Robbins. He's passed away a few decades by now. But he, he told me about coming up in the Depression era, the Great Depression. And he said for some of his meals, because people were jumping off of buildings, committing suicide, they had people in multi-mile long soup kitchen lines. He said for some of his meals, they actually ate cardboard. Mm. Wow. So you want to talk about adversity. And every day as he walked by a store, just, you know, I mean, and, and he saw that this one store and there was only the same man was in the store all the time. So one day he just stopped in and uh, talking with the, the guy, it turns out he was the owner. And he says, man, I never see anyone in here. He goes, yeah, no one's got money. They're trying to put food on their table. They don't have money for sewing machines. There was a sewing machine store. Okay. And he said, all these sewing machines are just in here collecting dust. And my business mentor said, uh, yeah, that's really something. And he, and he said, I don't even have any employees. I can't afford employees. He said, it's just me. So my business mentor had this flash in his mind. And he said, uh, what if I could help you sell some of these sewing machines? Would you be open to that? And the guy says, yeah, you better believe it. They're all just, they're paid for and they're collecting dust. What, you know, what do you have in mind? He says, well, I, I'd like to suggest that I sell them and I make them available to people on payments instead of paying the whole thing. We'll split the payments. And he said, and I'll back the machine in case someone walks with it to make sure you're covered and you're never at risk. And the guy says, go for it, man. They're, they're just collecting dust right now. So then my mentor made a, a flyer and posted it everywhere in the neighborhood for women to work from home. Okay. He said he was so inundated, he couldn't respond to all of the calls. And what he did is he put together a plan for women to make clothing and he would sell them a sewing machine on payments. He would provide them with the patterns, all the material, and he guaranteed he would buy the clothing from them, actually guaranteeing their income. Then he turned around and from the clothing he bought from all of these women, he then sold them to stores as handmade, high quality, discounted clothing that stores then made available to customers at a big discount, but high quality handmade clothing. So Literally, in the time period, Brad, when people are jumping off of buildings, multi-mile long soup kitchen lines, he earned over $1 million. And how pertinent to today's world where we have great adversity in the world and people are able to take the, for instance, the uh, challenges of COVID and some folks are crushed by it, but other people are really you know, taking adversity and using it to their advantage. So and go he on. This, he took this, he took this instance where people are jumping off of buildings and, and, and by the way, that was a million dollars during the depression, Sure, you know, 10 million plus today, easily in one year's time. And this man was 
this is the man that became my mentor. He's an extraordinary gentleman. And he began to teach me. And, you know, I, and then I learned and learned and, of course, made many mistakes. I have uh, three huge I call them my three biggest temporary defeats. Each one caused me to write a book so that my butt wasn't in that position again. <laughs> and 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 one of them actually, you know, caused me to look back to the things he trained me on me to help me get through that adversity. I had years ago, Brad, yeah, I'm sure you remember, they have a they they used to have these things on the on your desk It's called a voice answering machine. You yes, know, you, you and I from era when people actually use those things, right? So <laughs> yeah, and they had and I went, and there was two tapes in there. On the left side was the outgoing yeah, message. That was maybe yeah. 15 seconds. And on the right side was this like a 60 minute. These were cassette tapes, right? Right, right, right. Uh, yes, way course. back when, way back when. So I had a, a 60 minute tape on my incoming messages and it was voice actuated. And I was being mentored by my mentor and separately, totally separate, had started a, a training company with another gentleman doing very well in the Chicagoland area, training companies on how, great ways to grow their business, et cetera. We were doing very, very well, opened multiple offices. And I left home for about an hour and a half, Brad. I came back and my whole 60-minute message was filled up. I thought, oh boy, when my machine was voice actuated, that meant as long as someone talked, they would keep recording. I thought, oh, some kids got a hold of this and they're playing with it, you know. Right, right, and right. The, totally didn't happen. I could hear when I played the message back, my partner, not my mentor, my partner in the training company was leaving me a message to call him back. And back then they had this tone. If someone was calling you, you could hear this tone in the background, letting you know someone's trying to call you yeah. while they were talking. It was like beep, beep in the background. I could yeah. hear that on the recording that someone else was calling him. He hit the receiver so fast, Brad, that he put my machine on call conferencing with him and someone else when I wasn't home and it recorded their whole conversation. And what was it? The conversation was the detailed plan on how they were going to take over the company and kick me out of it. Oh, sweet. <laughs> God. Talk now about, let me, a, talk now about let, a crushing moment, my goodness. And, wow. and, let, and let me tell you, Brad, when it, it's different dimension when you hear it in their own words and it's not third sure. party. <laughs> you know, when you hear them say, so I thought, what are the odds of this? First of all, you know, what are the odds of him calling when I was gone? He could have called when I was home. I just pick up and we talk, right? What are the odds of that guy calling at the exact same time? And then what were the odds of him having that conversation? I could have talked about golf or anything else. But no, it was the plan. The plan. And for I your thought, demise. Oh, wow. For my demise. I thought, oh, my God, you want to talk about being blindsided. You want to talk mm. about being betrayed. You want to talk about going, you know, just, I mean, and I, and I thought, oh my God, I just, I, it was, it was so unexpected in every possible way, you know, and I thought, hey, what am I going to so do? So what was next? What'd you do about it then? What, how did you react to that at the moment? And then what steps did you take to break out of that to what's next? Well, I have to say that, you know, my, my first thought was, you know, certainly emotionalized. Sure. <laughs> you know, ah, you know, I mean, I can imagine. Yeah, I mean, I'm being blindsided here. And I thought back to my training my mentor had given me and over and over again had said, and a few things he had said to me was one of the following things. One of the few things, one, one of many, I should say. He said, in the medical community, if you're getting a treatment and it's working well with you, they say you're responding. If you're getting a treatment in the medical community and it's not working well on you, they call that you're, rea you're reacting to it. It's You're getting a reaction. He said, in life, you want to be responsive, not reaction. And he said, here's the way to do it. 
Always have your intellect control your emotions and you'll be responding. When your emotions control your intellect, you'll be reacting and very good, very few good things ever come out of that. He said, so have your intellect control your emotions. So Brad, I had this sleepless night and I'm thinking, man, I got, how am I going to do this? And I'm deep and believe me, I'm reaching down deep inside, you know, trying to find out, you know, what what am I going to do here? So I came to a conclusion by the next morning and I said, okay, Jim, that was the, the guy I owned the training company with. I said, you have to buy me out. And of course, first of all, that ruined all of his plans. I knew what the plans were. And, 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 secondly, and I'm sure that you were uh, savvy enough to not let him in that you knew, you know, all the uh, details there. You know, I never, ever told him the date that I, that the recording c- took place. He right. never knew. I never, ever told him. Well, no need to. No need to. Yeah, nothing was going to come out of that. So I said, Jim, you got seven days to buy me out. I'm going to do something with my mentor, which I did and did was planning on doing anyway. So we reached an agreement. I got to tell you, Brad, I I got down payment and I got some payments. And each payment I figured was a gift because I already knew what kind of person he was. And here's what's interesting. One year later, I saw him at an amusement park and... I, I knew it was him. I mean, he was my business partner, but I was at an angle so I could see him clearly and he hadn't seen me because of the angle I was looking at him at. And all, in that one year, Brad, he had gotten filed for personal bankruptcy, filed for business bankruptcy, gotten divorced and looked like he had aged 20 years. Hmm. And in that same year, I earned more money and was more prosperous than in any year up to that point in my life because I listened to my mentor and someone who knew what to do in that kind of thing. I listened to my training. So first of all, so that's a key there. I want us to just pause here just for for a second here, EA. Sure. You had this moment, this pivotal moment where at on its face value, you could have been crushed and gone into a spiral and you could have been the one who had reacted emotionally and badly and ended up in a ditch yourself of, you know, whatever, but you didn't, you chose to listen to your mentor and to take some actions that led to a different result for you and his selfish attitude led to different results for him. So let's go a little deeper on some of the actions that you took that have led you down this pathway to what you're doing doing now, for instance. Okay, uh, thank you very much. And one of the things that would have to take us back in history for a moment, this same gentleman that my business mentor, when I was 19 years old, I asked him, I said, Sam, will you teach me everything? I want to learn everything. I mean, all of it. And he said, okay, I will teach you, but I want one thing from you. And I said, okay, what's that? And he said, when the time is right, and you will know that time, I want you to teach as many people as possible everything I taught you. So at 19 years old, Brad, I made a vow. I made an oath that today has manifest into what we call Givers University. And it's the fulfillment of that oath. And I keep doing it on a, on a daily basis and loving it more than ever. What we teach, which is so vital for, I think, your listeners, especially overcoming adversity, is, you know, we, we live in a world today, Brad, and we and your listeners know this too. Products are coming and going faster than ever before. They're being antiquated overnight by brand new products. We have businesses opening and closing where before they were multi-generational. Now, five, six years, they open and close, right? I mean, faster than ever before. So what do we really have left when we look at all of that? The answer is our relationships. The answer is our relationships. And no one's teaching us how to discern these relationships. I've done close to 150 interviews since last April on different podcasts. Not one 
instance have I seen or heard from anyone else where someone is actually teaching this following instance, certainly as a, a, a course, if you will. And that is, here's how, what we teach, which is so critical for people overcoming adversity. First of all, I say to your listeners, we love everybody. I say it again emphatically. We love everybody. And we teach people how to separate the person who we love from their deeds, which we may not love. And we even do this by teaching a skill set by virtue of using checklists. Okay. These are the things you look for. So when we say giver, Brad, we're not, we don't label people as givers. So part of what you're doing here, just to help me uh, understand, yep. you're kind of discerning toxic relationships and things that are not necessarily helpful for you to fulfill your, your manifest destiny. Exactly right. And, and, and so when we use the term giver, we're not labeling a person. We're labeling their deeds, giver sure. deeds. And when we say taker, we're not labeling a person. We're labeling their deeds. But no one knows how to do this. It's like, you know, a few interviews ago, a guy says, man, this is great. I just read a book. It says I got to surround myself with five good people. I said, you're right. You do. Let me ask you a question. Which five? And all of a sudden he stared back and with this blank look, I said, do you see my point? No one's teaching which five. Yeah, you know, everyone says self-improve, improve, improve. That's all great. But Brad, what about the other guy? What if he's not doing it right? What should we do about that? And how will they make us collateral damage if we don't know how to discern who we should bring in, who we shouldn't? So we actually teach and we provide checklists. These are, and one of them that I just love is called the 25 do's. These are the 25 actual deeds actual deeds that you can observe. And we teach people a skill set. Observe what they're doing. Don't listen to what they're saying. So you, what let's they're doing. just to take example, let's take a couple of those deeds. Give me an example of a couple, for instance, where you try to observe a deed. Oh, it just, I'll make up one, you know, how someone uh, walks their dog yelling or screaming at the dog or treating the dog nice or whatever, whatever you try to observe and give it kind of a upside and a downside to it or a grade, or how do you do this? You 25 yeah. deeds. Excellent. We, we actually have a free checklist that we give people. We want them to download it. And, uh, and, and it's, it literally is 25 do's that are also basically, we call them 25 do's. They're basically the deeds. And I'll give you a couple of them as an example. And these are things that are observable things. And when you observe these things that they do, these 25 different things, then you can begin to discern and say, okay, based on what they're doing, should I bring them in closer into my life? Or based on what I see them doing, should I begin respectfully, not rude or insensitive or nasty, but respectfully distance myself from them? Because if I bring them closer, I'm going to be stamping out fires not of my making. They're going to bring with them adversity that I will be pulled into as collateral damage. So we teach people discern up front. Look up front. These are the things you should be watching. Don't listen to what they say. Watch what they do. A couple of them, just to share with a couple of your listeners. One of them, like a do number three is give first to receive later. In other words, you'll see a giver will always be the first to step forward. They're always the one who is willing to say, okay, I'll put in the effort first and get a benefit later on. And they're more what we call back end loaded. They're more, they're, they're generous ones. The first ones to step forward. You'll see them volunteer first before everyone else. By contrast, the taker deed number three would be first, they need to have it all. You need to pay them first before they talk. They tend to be very selfish. You'll see selfish actions on an ongoing basis. And they will take or say, I need to get first, then I will give. 
But mm-hmm. first, you got to give to me. So these things, that's just, that's just one of them. And we teach people how to observe these things. A look at these deeds, and here's a list of 25. Print it off. Put it in your pocket. Start to discern in your relationships because these same relationships will have a huge impact on the adversities that come into our life. Yeah. They will have a huge impact on how we respond to those adversities by having the right people around us. Wouldn't you agree, Brad? Oh, yeah. Well, I think the uh, issue we're talking about here is good discernment, you know, having yeah, wisdom. Sure. And I like to teach uh, from a biblical perspective wisdom, you know, claiming wisdom that will be the greatest gift that you can have. And a piece of that is discerning healthy relationships. And I call unhealthy relationships are they can lead us to what I call the malaise of mediocrity, where we just get stuck and or some people could take us to their place of misery with them if we allow it to. We yeah, choose sure. then to break out of that. We choose to be in a better place. And generally, generosity and have an attitude of gratitude, whatever you want to say, is one that is a more uh, affirming place to be and leads us to better places. At least that's my take on things. And and you talk about this here, EA, not only in these actions you know, the giver and the taker, but you talk about building community, which to me goes to relationship, a giver community and a taker community. And I'd like you to go there a little bit with us for just a moment. What do you mean by, you know, kind of adding that on there, you know, the giver community, taker community, go with that for a few minutes. For sure. Thank you. And and it's interesting because the word community, Brad, has changed definition over the last few years from my observations. And and I use the example of the word diet, you know, years Mm -hmm. ago, if you went to a meeting, it was called a diet. You went to a diet. And then yes. later on, spelled the same way, the word then meant a stipend. If you got a stipend, that was a diet. You got an allowance. Right. Then later on, the word meant, in my lifetime, eating habits. Then later on, the word now means weight loss. If you say diet, it means weight loss. Hmm. Spelled the same way the whole time. Right. Four totally different meanings. Community has done the same thing. And there are, and I'll ask your listeners, think about this. Have you been cajoled? asked, invited into a community only to have them within hours or a few days start selling you things? <laughs> right? That's not a community. Yeah. That's a cust- that's a customer hit list, right? right. And yeah. and why do the bait and switch on me and call it a community? A yeah. taker community is designed to take from you or m- make money off of you. That's yeah. a taker community, right? It's generally often leads to resentment and animosity and bad stuff. Yeah. So. You've been bait and switched. Yeah. Just that simple. It's not a community. It's a, you know, call it what it is. It's a customer list, right? right. And then give me the cha- choice of, do I want to be on your customer list? Cause I'm interested in your products or not, but don't do the bait and switch. And so many of those exist today. And so we teach people one, how to form their own community. We actually have a step and seven steps. And what's beautiful about this is Brad, I was looking at your four step action plan of action, connect, discipline, you know, the T was to uh, think uh, discipline right. and then S being serve your, your ACTS plan, which I love. I think it's awesome. Yes. That's all part and parcel of how you build a giver community. You do all those things. So the first thing we do is we teach people, I'm just going to hit this real quick because of our interest in time. And that is there's seven steps. And I'm just going to hit the seven steps real quick. Go for um, it. And they spell out the word discern. Okay. Each one, each one of the seven steps spells out the word discern. The first one, the first letter is 
decide. You have to decide who do you want to have in your giver community. We call them juntos. The word junto, Spanish word, 1600s, picked up by Benjamin Franklin, 1727, when he formed the Leather Apron Club, later on called the Junto, later on called, you know, the, the actually Leather Apron Club was the, the final name. Interestingly enough, with his 12 friends that he met with every Friday in what he called his Junto, arguably the very Declaration of Independence can be traced back to those conversations yes. that he had. So certainly a Junto or a community can have a huge impact. So the first thing we do is we teach people, how do you decide, right? The two to 12 people I want to have around me, how do I decide which two to 12? So what we do is we provide them with the free checklist of the 25 do's and say, look through this. These are the ones. If they're doing these 25 things, okay. they're exactly where you want them to be. If they're not, so we got decide and we're going to discern. So we got to invite. A, is the invite. invite is the next one. You got to invite all 12 of them. We teach people how to do that. The third is seed. You want to basically, and this is critical, get an agreement up front, expectationally of what's involved and what is expected of everyone. Now, you know, I've seen Napoleon Hill does an excellent masterful job talking about what's called the mastermind principle. Sure, absolutely. And think and go rich. And I've seen so many of those. They come together and they fall apart a couple months later. And, and, and the reason why is there's not an expectational agreement up front of this is what's expected of all of us up front mm -hmm. and to have everyone agree on it and make a commitment on it, which becomes part of the glue. We teach people how to do this step by step. So that's the S for seed. C is convene. Got to convene on a regular basis, whether it be weekly, monthly, quarterly. E is establish it. Give it a name. Henry Ford called his Junto the uh, the Four Vagabonds. You know, and certainly Ben Franklin, I used the example of the Leather Apron Club. Give it a name so that that helps with the continuity of the group. Sure. Well. R, rotate. We actually provide an agenda. Someone wants to form a giver's Junto. We teach them how to do it. And then the R is for rotate, have a different chairperson every week. So that each person knows what to do and they're guided through that. And N is for numbers. Seed other Juntos, get other people involved with having communities of having the right people around them. So we actually, we have a set and then we build it every week on our uh, uh, YouTube channel. It's Givers University on YouTube, one word, Givers University. And they go to where it says how to build your own Givers community. And there's two minute clips step by step by step in two minute increments of everything I just went through in a more elongated version wow. to teach that people like how a, to do this. That sounds like a powerful resource and we want to get to your resources in just a minute, but we're talking about relationships here. We're talking about the power of transformative relationships, especially help people to get unstuck and overcome adversity. So tell us a story, a testimony, if you will, about a person or perhaps a group that the uh, Givers University has been helpful to. Well, we've been a number of them, as a matter of fact, but off the top of my head, I can certainly share with you some people who have, you know, we have online courses and we, and all of this, and even what, what is taught in the giver's junto is, you know, we teach the giver's mindset, the giver's lifestyle and the giver's lifelong learning. Those are three courses. And, and, and with that, there's a, there's a book that's actually with all of them. That's about 1200 pages total between all three courses. And what we do is we teach people and businesses. And we have now, right now, many, many companies, not just one or two, where, you know, I have one gentleman who's an HR executive who now has a whole different feeling about the HR industry, if you will, okay. and some of the fear mongering and what's going on with them mm -hmm. and the eye opening that he's been able to experience because of what we teach at Givers University and beginning to realize, you know what? These people are pushing fear 
they're selling fear like mm. there's no tomorrow. And 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 so he, and he's in the HR business. So what do you do with HR? Obviously, you're talking with relationships all day long, right? Right, 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 right. yeah. And so what he does is he keeps sort of a separate personal file that he doesn't share with anyone else of his 25 dues. When he hires people, when he fires people, things he looks for, things he observes that he didn't know he could observe before to help have the right people in his company and so the companies so that a, he works for. So you're training his enhance his job performance for and sure. Therefore, enhance the productivity and supposedly the profitability of his company. And so, and I bet he feels better about it too. I would guess oh, for right? sure. Yeah, for sure, yeah, for sure, yeah. and 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 just loves it. And says he, you know, he's a college graduate with many initials. And he says no course he's ever taken in college has helped him and impacted him to the extent of how to discern in relationships. Where's well, the think, discernment one hundred and one course? Yeah, well, I think a part of what we're talking about here, EA, is really about having fulfillment in life, personally and in our relationships. Because ultimately, if you're a taker, you're in the area of consuming and causing destructive patterns to happen. And a giver is in the, is in the business of being productive and helpful and uh, helping others to succeed as well. And when we, that happens, we succeed as well. And you've done some good stuff here. And I love, I love the whole concept here of gratitude, you know, of giving and how we can, can do that. There's a lot of biblical parallels, which I'm interested in and, and some things that we're talking about here and, and appreciate your good work. So I got a feeling there's some folks out there who are listeners to Beyond Adversity. We're going to want, want to learn more about you and about uh, Givers University and, and some of the courses and YouTube videos. And uh, you got lots and lots of resources. So tell, tell folks how they can get connected to you and Givers University. Thank you, Brad. First of all, just go to our website. It's plural, giversuniversity.com, and sign up for our newsletter. The newsletter is absolutely free. We don't spam people, so they're going to get an immediate communication that says, do you want to talk with these people? They have to answer that and say yes. And then once a week, on Thursdays, we send out a newsletter that we, we call it the Giver's Toolbox. And every single week, Brad, we give them a brand new relationship tool that helps them in their discernment that they can add into their relationship toolbox. And it's a short read. There's usually a little two-minute clip that's in there as well. And then through the course of that, they're, they're going to receive, by the way, one of the things they get right away is the, the 25 do's, that checklist I mentioned. We want them to print it off. We want them to use it in their discernment, start using it in everyday life because everyone, you know, we're, we're being pushed at it so much that we should accept even all the people doing everything that's wrong. And I don't agree with that. I, I think we should love everyone. And we, and, and Jesus was the best example of all time of sure. that, right? But he didn't like their deeds and he called yeah. them out on their deeds. Absolutely. Uh, and, and, and we've take that same tact. We agree with that and, and parallel our teachings with that, that, you know, you want to surround yourself with people doing the right things, but no one's teaching anyone. How do you discern that? Everything's a gray area and it's not gray. It's not. Yeah. It is clear. So when they go to our website, sign up for the newsletter every week, once a week, they get a nice little newsletter from us. They'll learn about our courses and all that through all that relationship. They want to learn more about forming their own givers junto. They can go to the, the hamburger in the upper right-hand corner, click on that, and they'll see a tab that says uh, givers junto. They can request information to form their own givers junto. We'll help them do it. Absolutely free. Or they can be a member of another junto. We'll connect them to one. Lots, um, of, or, lots of resources there. For sure. For sure. So, hey, if you, if you folks are interested at 
at all and redesigning your life to be much more about being a giver than a taker. Lots of resources here are and uh, with GiversUniversity.com. His name is E.A. Sokovitz. He has been our guest today at the Creator Givers University. Lots of great information here. You can find out all about all the details at our website as well, drbradmiller.com. So we thank E.A. Sokovitz for being our guest today on the Beyond Adversity podcast. All right. Uh, great conversation with E.A. Sokovitz from GiversUniversity.com. That's G I V E R S university u-n-i-v-e-r-s-i-t-y dot com and our conversation today you heard lots of great stories lots of things in his life about he made some transitions and how he had some emotional times and some processes that he went through i just want to point out a couple of things and point a resource to you that you can point out to one of the great things he talked about here today was helping to discern takers and Givers, and how then to use that discernment of the people in your life who are takers and givers, how to discern how you can then distance yourself from takers and embrace the givers and then leverage the givers and become a giver yourself to help you to gain more out of life and to be happier in life and to overcome any adversity that you've got. And it's all about what he calls deeds about how you can discern deeds and what deeds people do. And over at his website, GiversUniversity.com, the thing I want you to do is to go there. And there's plenty of resources there. But one particular thing is a checklist. Among those is a 25-deed checklist. And go there and check up on yourself on EA's checklist that can help you in the process of good discernment be helpful to you as you navigate adversity in your life, which is what we're all about here at Beyond Adversity. My name is Dr. Brad Miller, and we like to help you to process, to identify and process those things which have you stuck in a rut, that leave you in a place of meaninglessness, and help you to navigate through them to a place of meaningfulness. And we know that you you can do it. Head on over to drbradmiller.com. We've got all the show notes for today's episode and many others. We have over 190 episodes of this podcast, which are all about to helping you to grow through what you go through. We're here to be helpful. So we'll be with you next week with more with more great stories, more interviews of people who can speak into your life to help you to overcome adversity and achieve your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. Until next time, this is Dr. Brad Miller inviting you to continue to do all the good that you can. Thank you for listening to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. You can find a complete archive of all episodes at drbradmiller.com. That's drbradmiller.com. Or subscribe for free through Apple Podcasts and never miss an episode. Each week, we bring you a message to crush adversity and live your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose.